Greetings, Wargamers. We're your hosts, Trevor, Jay, Josh, and this is Shane Attack. Attack. is sponsored by Discount Games Incorporated. Discount Games Incorporated specializes in customer service, low prices, and prompt shipping. You can find our web store at www.discountgamesinc.com. Chain Attack. I'm your host, Trevor, and I just found out that there's a whole Hasbro site where they sell legacy items. How did I not know about this before? We were trying to protect you from yourself. <laughs> <laughs> sort of the legacy items like uh, it covers recreations all of them? Uh, yes. Uh, in some cases, some cases they're more like collector's editions of the originals. Like mm-hmm. they had a, th- th- one of the things they sold was a Ghostbusters proton pack, like a full scale proton pack. That sounds amazing. Huh. It, it is. Sounds um, like a cosplayer's dream. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, they sold a um, they sold Jabba's sail barge. Like they made a brand new Jabba's sail barge that that fit the old school um, je- or uh, Star Wars action figures, but it's a modern one and it's the size of Jabba's sail barge. It's huge. Uh, they sold a G.I. Joe Sky Striker, which is a plane that was sold originally, uh, what would it be, 40 years ago, 1982 or 83. Um, they made a new one, but it's a higher quality one. They made a Galacticus that stands like, I guess I'm about two and a half feet tall. Just all kinds of really cool stuff. Um, a bunch of um, Marvel, G.I. Joe, Transformers, uh, Star Wars, uh, etc., new things no he-mans though right because that was mattel right that's correct that was their that was the way they were trying to combat transformers and um gi joes yeah that was my those were my kid my toys as a kid they so i knew i was aware of the site because the very first thing they did was the hero quest reprint that's right okay yeah yeah okay but but after that point i sort of assumed that they were done i didn't realize they were going to come back and make even more um like they made an Omnicron for, from the Transformers movie. They made an Omnicron action figure. It's huge. Like I'm just I'm I'm angry at myself that I wasn't aware that they continued doing these <laughs> funding projects. They also besides that they do just like random collectors items, but they don't I guess they don't advertise them. So if I wasn't watching the site, I wouldn't even know. I'm just really disappointed with myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm Speaking of consumerism, uh, I'm I'm Jay, and I'm totally going to fall victim to Legos May the Fourth promotions. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I believe I'm, that. I'm 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 justifying it as basically it's research. No, it's, it's <laughs> I, I like I've I've already purchased our I whenever like if there's something that you know I think Brian will like as a gift later then I'll buy it then instead of, you know, waiting till later. And so like we, I've already purchased our anniversary present for October 
for the record, uh-huh. this is a wise man's. This is the this is the practice of experience here. Like, <laughs> get it when you have the idea. Don't don't wait. Yeah, and so like, there's there's you know one of their ultimate collector series is retiring this year, the big Star Destroyer, and so I'm like, whatever, I'll just order that during May the fourth, and then the promo items that I get will be ones that I actually kind of like instead of like stupid Christmas stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so like, so are have... you saying like, are you, are you in a, are you the meme of the uh, Simpsons character? I'm in danger right now because oh. you basically have opened yourself up to buy more stuff. Well, well, no. So because I'm going to do this big purchase on May the 4th, the, the free items that I'm going to get are, they have like a, a Lars family homestead, uh, that's free. They have a little ATST walker that's free. Is it on fire? <laughs> it, it is not, no. Oh, dang, dang. <laughs> and then they have a VIP exclusive Mandalorian keychain. Oh, so. Well, you had me at, at Mandalorian, so well done. Yeah. Who are you? Uh, I'm Josh. Mike. And um, gosh, I am building up, let's just say I, I'm building up a long, deep list of movies and video games that I will be playing uh, on May 18th. I am curious. So is is Multiverse of Madness going to top the list, or what's 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 going to be number one for you? Uh, that probably will top the list. Yeah, I mean, like I haven't done. I, I should I should have had the list put together. I mean, it's it's getting shameful at this point, you know. But I mean, <laughs> I haven't done the new Batman. I haven't done. Uh, okay. I haven't done any of the Moon Knight stuff, which I'm actually pretty excited about, mainly from the reaction that I see in the in the Discord chat to it, right? Um, I'm gosh. I'm excited for us to do the Moon Knight episode because I th- I'm thinking we might have a wide gambit of oh opinions. you just you just love widely uh, varying opinions, don't you? <laughs> uh, it's it's um let let's put it this way, it has widely different episodes. <laughs> Really? Yes. Yeah, like the like, newest, so, so the newest one made me just kind of go, what did I just Is it very watch? more or less than um, the What If episodes? Oh, less than that. But that's okay. extreme. Okay. I mean, this is still the same story. <laughs> we're, we're not going that far. But it's, um, yeah, there's some, the, the, the feeling and theme, I guess the tone is just so different in some episodes compared to others. So, yeah. I'm I'm in I'm interested for us to talk about it. Okay. Well, my my anyway, opinion will not on be my set. List. My opinion will not be set in stone until I see how this all ties together. So my my uh, um, opinion got influenced quite a bit by the fact that there's a really good chance there's not going to be a season two. Uh, which, oh, how, how do you know that? Because that's what the internet says. One can never doubt the internet. They've never officially said that though. They have, I mean, he's he's explicitly not signed up on a contract to make anything else. So Oscar, Oscar Isaac hasn't? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. I understand. Well, <laughs> he's he's also, yeah, I mean, we'll see. He, I mean, he's part, isn't he a part of the, one of the producers on the, this thing? Um, I'm, I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. Well, I thought he was, but I, I'll have to go back and check. The uh, the the articles on the internet range in skepticism, but all basically say that season two is unlikely. So, hmm. um, 
so stuff coming out from that you can throw your wallet at from Discount Games Inc. This one actually throwing your wallet at is, is very appropriate. Um, there's a new Necromunda coming out that is super cool. It is all new stuff, and it basically looks like Necromunda crossed with Mad Max. And so it's super cool. But the big core box. So set does that for mean it, is it kind of like a Gaslands? You know, like it's it's driving it cars does have, and stuff. It does. And... Like if you look at the if you look at the box or the the miniatures of it, there one of the factions has like Dune buddy buggy models, and one of them has like these beetles that are their version of vehicles. Okay. And so I'm assuming that there there is some sort of you know vehicle going on in in it, um, but it's also the the retail price of it is is two ninety nine ninety nine. So I mean, it's still less than the Return to Dark Tower that I may or may not have ordered recently. <laughs> it's still less than here, <laughs> this is uh, this is my most recent. Uh, Jay has more money than sense uh is i for whatever reason i got really uh excited over the idea of ascension tactics okay and so this is the miniatures game that uses the card game as like a resolution method right yeah it uses a deck building game is the conflict resolution instead of rolling dice, which I love from like a conception level. Yeah. As a, as a concept, it sounds amazing. And so, you know, the rational thing to do would have been for me to, you know, drop $60, which would really be $30 when I buy it at, at, you know, my retailer discount on the retail version of that game. And it is, the retail version just has like little cardboard standees and me a fool. (laughs) (laughs) I've never, I I see where this is going. I've never even played this effing game. I buy the Kickstarter version of the game for like $180. And then I've set up, I've, I've commissioned the models to be painted as well. So, uh, in comparison, this three hundred dollars for granted. Uh, if I, I imagine if I got the models painted like I am with this, it would probably be more for this Necromunda set. But uh, I've spent more on Tactics Ascension, this game that I've, I just read the concept and was like, oh, I want to try that out. <laughs> then uh, this Necromunda game. But I am I am looking forward to uh, trying to talk my my co-hosts into trying out tactics ascension with you i have to i'm gonna have to go back and look at the because i i saw you posted the announcement in the discord but like i don't i didn't like kind of look at the minis and stuff like i i what what's the scale of the minis cool (laughs) (laughs) okay okay all right (laughs) what are you (laughs) come on josh (laughs) What is this scale thing you speak of anyway? <laughs> All right. I'll look at them myself later. Okay. All right. Well, uh, fairly recently, the Icon Board Game Convention took place in Idaho Falls, Idaho, 
the three co-hosts attended for varying lengths of time, and we were going to talk about that this episode. Uh, so I Cue guess the I'm so excited uh, montage right now. Kids I guess ask, kids ask your grandparents about that song. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the first thing we can talk about is the uh, um, game that we, the three of us, played together. Yes. So back in the real, day, real quickly, in case somebody wants to come and, and and attend, it is a board game convention that takes place on a Friday and a Saturday, usually the second week in April or the second week in October. In there. Idaho Falls. And in Idaho Falls. Yes. Very reasonable ticket prices. Yes, because it's it it's we're we're pretty small. We um, have anywhere from 100 to 200 people, uh, and it's always in a. Uh, Fairly small building, a a, a veterans hall um, in downtown Idaho Falls. Yeah. Um, so we ended up we in the past we have played a lot of games of from Fantasy Flight of Battlestar Galactica, and so one of the games that came out recently that that I was excited for was a game called Unfathomable. Uh, from Fantasy Flight that is basically a reskin of Battlestar Galactica where instead of um, you know it being themed off of that TV show, it is themed off of you are on a steamer in the you know early 1900s uh, in the Cthulhu mythos you are trying to make a, a transatlantic voyage and uh, bad things are, are happening as you're trying to make the voyage. <laughs> to put it mildly. <laughs> so let me, can I, can I, can we just for a second talk about Battlestar Galactica? No. I, okay, yes, I guess so. <laughs> the show so, or the game? Um, both. But let me start with the show. Did you, Were you guys aware that they're rebooting it? No. I didn't, uh-uh. Okay, so when I first heard this news, I was like, WTF, why are we rebooting a show that just aired? That was also... <laughs> right, right. And then I started looking at it, and the original was from 1978. Okay. Okay, so roughly 25 years later, they rebooted it. Mm-hmm. In 2003? In 2003-4-ish. Uh, and so roughly 20 years later, they're doing it again. When I did the math, it it really hurt. It, it, it <laughs> Made These dates are violence. <laughs> it made me, yes, I was violently angry. There were things I wanted to smash. Of course, I'm old, so I didn't smash anything because it would result in, like, breaking my hip. Injuries, <laughs> yeah, 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 right. <laughs> Your back. <laughs> been uh, anyway, so the original board game. The original board game coming into it because we had seen the show. Actually, the first time I played it, I'd never seen the show. But I I saw it as we were playing it. Um it just felt like I knew many of the characters and I knew the general plot of the game. And I will use the term plot because I feel like it's appropriate um, before ever playing. So I'm just going to lay that groundwork before we talk about Unfathomable. Well, and in, in Bathsar Galactica, there's each round you'll have like a, a conflict that arises that you, a crisis that you need to try to resolve. And they are, you know, actual plots or story things that, happen in in the tv show and so um you know that that obviously doesn't exist in unfathomable yeah and it was Um, really well done those plots the things that happened the events they were quite memorable so i guess josh how would how would you describe 
how would what was the short description that you would give of unfathomable to someone who has never played Battlestar Galactica and doesn't really know anything about the game? Oh, uh, so of unfathomable, I would call it a hidden roles game, you know, that that may be a cooperative effort to survive a journey, you know, that involves bluffing and card play uh, to try to reach your hidden goal, right? Which you may share that hidden goal with a lot of other people, or you may be mostly alone. And so by hidden goal, you're going to be handed out a roll card. And and then later on in the game, you'll be dealt out another one. And essentially, that card will say either you're a human who is a passenger trying to you know, survive this uh, journey, or you're a cultist who is trying to bring down the destruction of the, tr- the ship. And Battlestar Galactica was the first game that I ever played that had a hidden... Uh, role who was playing against the rest of the co-op players. I know it wasn't the first board game to do that. Yeah, because there yeah, were like shadows over Camelot. like Werewolf and yeah, Camelot's a good one, right? Uh, but I think it's the best. I think it's better than those two. I think the original Battlestar Galactica board game does the the hidden betrayer thing better than those two. Well, I will say, I mean, part of what Part of why I probably agree with you there, Trevor, is that it just has more meat on its bones. Like Shadows Over Camelot, you know, which Jay just mentioned, is a great sort of family introduction to that style of game, right? But mm-hmm. it, it doesn't have well, anywhere near the meat on it that. Um, and the other, I think the other ones that are, you you kind of have an option of a more stripped down version of it, where it's a shorter game but you're basically doing purely hidden identity and that could be something like secret Hitler or the resistance or Avalon. Um, and, and those are fun, but it's also, it's kind of fun um, having it adding, I guess the extra mechanics and, and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and this is all of the ones you've mentioned. Um, at least all the ones that I've played, it feels like the secret role opportunity is fairly short. Like you don't have a long time to develop your machinations and, and ingratiate uh, yourself to the rest of the team. Right. The, the betray, the betrayals that I, the, the epic betrayals that I remember in Battlestar Galactica are far more epic and memorable yes, than, yes, than yes. anything I've ever done in any of those games. Sure. Sure. So in in the game round, you'll do each each person has a character that they select, and they will have um, different abilities that they a special ability that they have, and then they also have a ranking of either their rank within being the captain of the ship or uh, their rank within being the keeper of the tome, and the keep and both of them, whoever is among the Characters that are selected, whoever is the highest ranking of each of those at the start of the game, one will be the captain and one, one will be the keeper of the tome. And they have some special abilities. They also, on a lot of the crises, it'll be something like, you know, the captain will pick between two options or the keeper will pick between two options. Um, and and then you do your two actions on your turn and then you reveal a crisis and you're basically trying to get enough distance as the player's to reach your destination and the people opposing it are trying to 
make you run out of one of your resources, whether it's food or sanity or fuel, you know, et cetera, et cetera, um, before you reach the destination. Um, and so and you, you're, you're dealt a hidden identity card at the start of the game, and then halfway through the game, you're, you're dealt another one as well. And so there can be times where at the start of the game, everyone is a human working together, and then you know, partway through the game, uh, there will be people who are not working together. And Which is another, I feel like, I don't know of any others that do that, where your, your, your role you're not can sure change. sure when, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that because uh, for this playthrough, uh, that that was like so delicious, and partly <laughs> it's because I didn't quite realize that it was going to happen, and so all of a sudden I'm getting dealt. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's just such it's just such a fun moment in the game. <laughs> yeah, basically, basically. Well, and the other part of that is that um, you just you could the numbers don't necessarily. Um, line up because in, in in many of those trader games, you know exactly the number. Like you know, there's going to be two traders mm-hmm. or three traders or whatever. In this situation, correct me if I'm wrong, but you can get both of the cultist things, and there could be a variable number of of traders. No, there's in by the time the uh, second round occurs, you do know what is going to be the options of it. You do because someone can't be dealt two trader cards. They can, but then they can, when they reveal, they give it their... That's, that's right. But I mean, until they reveal, you you don't know the number. And it is possible that someone could have both trader cards and then have to give decide... one of their cards to someone else. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I see what you're saying, though, Trevor. It, it But it, it just, it does contain this, like, really strong element of, you know, the unknown, I guess. So, I, I guess... I'm I'm curious now what your guys' thoughts are on like the pros and cons of uh, the new game versus the old game. Uh, so very distinct flavor difference. I felt like, <sighs> you know, so it's that that's sort of like pick pick what you prefer. Um, why did I, I feel um, like before it, it you ran a little more smoothly? Go ahead. Before you get off that, Josh. Yeah. I would say that one of the things that's a little bit of an advantage for it at this point is that, you know, at this point, Battlestar Galactica is an old IP that a lot of people haven't watched. And so it's also not easy to watch it. Like it's not available on very many services. Yeah, oh, really? I didn't think I, of that. Okay. I think the only one that's available on is Paramount plus maybe. Okay. And oh, no, so, no, it's, it's on Peacock is the one it's on, but it's not available anywhere else. Yeah. And I'm certain that if you were to log into Peacock, it's not like it's recommending it to you. It's just right, right. It's a legacy series that's available. All right, um, so carry on, Jay. Yeah, hard to access, old. <laughs> yeah, so I'm all I'm saying, I guess, is that you know, if if you have a group of people who have watched Battlestar Galactica, it's going to feel very thematic and very cool. But it feels like this new game is a lot more universally accessible to. A group of people. So yeah, I could see that. Yeah. So I'm gonna agree with Josh in that it it felt smoother. The reason because some of the mechanics are are the core mechanics are different. So it it is different in the in the Battlestar Galactica version when you would um, add a distance card out, it was um, it was a jump 
it was a the, the ships would jump away and it was the way that the show worked one of the ways that they would get away from the cylons was to jump to make a, a light speed jump well clearly you're not going to make a light speed jump in a boat that's in the ocean so instead the um deep ones that are trying to jump onto your ship are being there as you move they they move past the the ship in the water and it 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 i think it does it a better way i think it, it it's smoother it's easier to understand and it doesn't give you a free out like if you get into deep trouble it felt like one of the things that you would do in an emergency in the old game was was jump uh-huh. even if you force weren't a even, jump right yeah you yeah. would force a jump even if you weren't prepared to do so doing that here won't necessarily solve your problems yeah. so yeah. Because um, some of the de- some of the deep ones can stay with you essentially. Yeah. yeah. I also feel like some of the powers have probably been balanced. One of the mm-hmm. one of the things that in the original Battlestar Galactica you could do was you could basically run through the presidential deck uh, to find a card, which basically forced a player to reveal their card to the president, so that the president would know um, who was Cylons and who weren't, but nobody else, they'd have to believe the president who could be a Cylon themselves and basically revealing humans as Cylons and protecting the Cylons. So it added that sort of element that doesn't exist in unfathomable, but that card also could make or break the game. Like we would in the games we played at Battlestar Galacta, we would our games the, ended up being built around that thing, right? Yeah, I mean, we would go st- straight to that card and then use it to try to reveal who the Cylons were. Well, that card doesn't exist in Unfathomable. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. Well, we look. We am I mismistaken? I, I mean, I, 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 I might have missed it. I don't think I saw it, but yeah, I mean, Jay looked through the deck, which it was is a quick a, the, perusal. The, the tome deck and it just doesn't exist so unless we're wrong i that's a huge difference in the way the game plays out and i like it um but it is different and so all these things make for a more mysterious uh traitor mechanic where it's not as easy to figure out who it is um and and there are ways that are built into the game that you can figure out who the traitors are um but anyway i just feel like the 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 game is probably better balanced you know, anytime you have the opportunity of hindsight, that helps with balance. And I think they right. probably used it. Yes. Here. And another thing I'll say is that, you know, we, we played quite a few games of Battlestar Galactica and enjoyed it quite a bit. But it also got to the point where we had kind of... We almost had solved it. ...developed what strategies it like yeah. that were... Yeah, I wouldn't kind of. say solved. I would say that we had developed some pretty deep strategies on how to fight against the Silence. But the Silence, whoever was playing them also knew those strategies and so yeah. it, it kind of built this counterplays yeah we had some yeah. meta game around it and there was still it was still a difficult game to win from the side of the humans or whatever um but coming into this some of those meta games just aren't there yeah and so i would say that in my opinion that's a positive that you can uh, basically experience a new fresh game and have a bunch of uh, new play experiences with it, I guess is what I'll say. Yeah. So the part that was difficult for me was just knowing the th- knowing the theme so well from the previous one and not knowing it at all here as far as the different characters and stuff. That would that would go away with time with you know multiple plays. Um, but I really enjoyed the theme of the original and knowing what was mm-hmm. going on, and I missed it here. But if you were a big a Cthulhu fan of any kind, I think you would probably enjoy this better. And if you've never seen the TV show, you'd be just as lost. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, 
you know, with the I think Battle Star so. version. Uh, I don't know if more so because you you have the same level of not knowing who the cards, uh, who the characters are. I mean, the the, the character abilities from Battlestar sort of followed along with the characters' mm-hmm. um, themes from the show. Right. Um. So yeah, it's similar I mean, here. I, I kind of feel though that the um, I maybe I'm overestimating this, but I I kind of feel like Cthulhu is is such a gamer zeitgeist at this point that they're going to understand a lot of the concepts or story things that are going on um maybe i'm also also one kudos i want to give on this production of unfathomable is that fantasy flight actually has new cthulhu art (laughs) yeah yeah like they're not just recycling for the millionth time yeah because if you've played a lot of the fantasy flight cthulhu games like you know that yeah they they did reduce reuse recycle a lot it did. It does also have some pretty cool, um, you know, plastic minis for for the game. There's there's two great old ones that are chasing you, and then uh, a bunch of little mooks. The deep ones, yeah. And the the minis for those are are pretty cool. Um, so uh, this this wasn't intended to be a, a grade of of this, but I guess overall, what's your guys's uh, thoughts or impressions of of the game um yeah easy b plus for me i um i definitely i definitely want to play uh a couple more times right to yeah yeah because because like trevor said to kind of shake out some of those strategies and and are there some approaches and that kind of stuff and and get to see more of the characters obviously mm-hmm. i i'm not sure i i need to play it anymore um you know i was yeah. I was kind of done with Battlestar Galactica when we were done with it. I did enjoy it, and I did enjoy Unfathomable, and I would recommend it to anybody else, but I just, I'm ready to play new things, I guess. So I'm glad we played it. I enjoy it. I'll play it again if you guys decide to play it, um, but I won't I won't be the one volunteering to say, let's play this. You know. Um, I was pretty happy with it, and I, I would be glad to play it more. Um, so that was basically the only only game that I played at Icon. And that was the only one that all three of us got to play together too. Uh, yes. Yes. If I. <laughs> <laughs> so so after battle or after Unfathomable, my the next game I played, um, I believe was um, oh shoot now I just forgot its name. It was the episode we did last week. Um, Arc Nova. Arc Nova. I played Arc Nova after that. Oh, you did. Okay. Yes. Um, so I got introduced to it, uh, and it was, um, it was fantastic. We talked about it last episode. If you're interested, you can go back there. Um, if Josh has any comments about Arc Nova, he can insert them now, but, um, yeah. I just want to play it. That's my only comment. Have, have you played it yet, Josh? <laughs> no, it is. You can add that to my list of things that must be accomplished after okay. May 18th. Yeah. All yeah. Right. Well, we'll, we'll get some, uh, I'll, I'll, well, I guess once I get back from Hawaii, I'll make myself available during the daytimes for you to get some. Gosh, it will be so up. unusual for someone else to teach me a game, though. <laughs> Just kidding. True. I'm going to fix that. I'm going to start. I'm going to actually get back to the old me and I'm going to start reading some rules and I'll, I'll teach you some games, Josh. <laughs> uh, it's not like you haven't taught me a few in my day. As a matter of fact, we're going to talk about one that you taught me at Icon. But yes, tell us more about Arc Nova. Uh, I mean, uh, we went through it in depth last week. Okay, because so that was your to... yeah, that's right. That was your first play of it, though. 
but yeah so my my initial impressions um were honestly my initial impressions were probably right in that it felt like there was a lot of variability in the cards and i wasn't seeing enough cards i that i felt that from the very first play um and and that was that was sort of frustrating the, the variability doesn't bother me as much as the lack of seeing cards well it's like there's a ton of cards too right like yeah but you don't go through the whole deck okay okay you don't, i don't see any way ever that it and i've mostly been playing the entire deck. i've been mostly playing two player and uh-huh. you get through less than half of the deck usually interesting we, we were playing a four player game and i would say we got through two-thirds of the deck maybe and and so there was a large number of cards that I never got the opportunity to see. And as you start to see the strategies unfold and you know what cards you're looking for, it makes it hard when you know you're quite possibly never going to see that card. Mm. Interesting. Okay. So the the mechanics are fun. The game is fun. I enjoy it. Um, I uh, it took me a while to sort of catch on to the things that I needed to do. Um, the other thing is the way the game works, it's quite common, especially in a four player game for multiple people to have negative scores, which is sort of a, you know, it is what it is. It doesn't really matter. It's just an, an abstract number as to who's did the best job. Um, but it's kind of weird having, you know, the scores be 10, it can, it zero, can be a negative bad. 10. Yeah. It can feel bad when you don't get a positive score. Oh, um, really? yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. That's funny. But the game is triggered as soon as somebody goes positive. Everyone starts massively negative, and the game game end is triggered when somebody becomes positive. That is the game end trigger. Right. All so. right, so next game after Ark Nova? Well, yeah, so do I talk about the one game that Trevor did teach me at the con? Sure, we can talk about it next. So, yeah, it was Return to Dark Tower, uh, Restoration Games' latest offering to you know the betterment of humanity. Uh, which is a callback to how old is the original Dark Tower, Trevor? Is it a, a 1970s no, era no, no. game? No, no, it was printed in I believe 1982. Okay, okay, and you know was famous for this giant tower in the middle of the board that made cool sounds and stuff. Um, 19, and 1981. It was a Milton Bradley board game. So this was a okay. yeah 1981. This was a, a a Milton Bradley board game that was sold in in stores everywhere. The, the biggest issue it had was that because it had this electronic tower that stood in the middle that cost Milton Bradley quite a bit of money was that the board game was, for its day, extremely expensive. And and so it didn't sell well because of the cost, but it ended up, you know, they went on clearance and they eventually made it into hands of nerds like myself. Yeah, and then it became this sort of like cult collector's item i feel like is oh that yeah fair to say yes you're very correct the people who played it uh, who got it originally absolutely loved it and the people like myself who ended up getting it basically second hand so what, what in my particular case um i had a friend and i don't know where they got it from but when i was probably 12 so this would have been 1989 maybe um 1990 somewhere in there um we were looking for something to play um we basically went to his board game closet and we saw a dark tower and i don't know how it got there his father was a little bit of a nerd so maybe he'd bought it originally and we'd never we'd never played it so we pulled it out and started playing it and it was even for 1990 it was an amazing experience i i i it's hard to 
explain how unique and different the game was than everything else we had played at that time for a board game. Uh, but yeah, and then I ended up getting one from a like a thrift store somewhere, and I so I had a copy myself, which eventually um, got basically taken back to the thrift store because I thought it would never be worth anything. That's the wild. thing that's that's kind of funny to me is that I'd I'd never heard of this board game when it released, and the first I heard about it was when people started talking about the Return to Dark Tower. Um, yeah, and it's it, funny. I was only like peripherally aware of it. And so I had people who were like, oh, are, are you going to get, you know, Return to Dark Tower? And I'm like, well, no, why would I get this game that's like Kickstarter only that I, I that I have no, you know, reason to be interested in as far as I know? And um, and the people who are excited for it are basically like, what? <laughs> how can how is this possible? Uh, but. Yeah. So a couple of things that doomed the original one. I already mentioned the price. It was about a $60 board game in 1981, Jeez. which which is the equivalent of about what it is today, a $200, $250 board game. Okay. Right. Um, and um, the other thing that, that doomed it was, so Milton Bradley did a little bit of shady stuff. There was a couple of guys that approached them with a, uh, a board game that had an electronic tower in the center. Um, they rejected those guys' um, <laughs> offer. And then they built their own and then they got sued for it. So there was that also hurt the whole process. So, yeah, I mean, it didn't really sell a lot of copies. So there's not a lot of people, honestly, I feel like that have had this original experience. But that said, I don't think you need to have the original experience to enjoy Return to Dark Tower. I Although, agree with that. Having not had the original experience and and now having had Trevor teach me and play it with Trevor and my father and my son, which that probably also made it extra awesome. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that's kind of neat is there was there's some fluff stuff that happens from the original that carries over into the new. So the, the in the original, the tower had a, a baddie um, named Azkol, I believe, who um, was in the tower and you had to work to fight him and defeat him. It was a competitive game and only one player won. So you were all working towards that. Uh, goal of beating the the tower um so the new one basically brings that forward and many of the treasures in the game are named as calls whatever as calls axe as banner his helmet his etc yeah and and it tells the story about how the four kingdoms defeated him before but they did it on their own and one of them was successful but in this case the bad is bad enough that you're and it will play competitive as well you can play a competitive version which i have not yet to play and we'll get into why later um but uh yeah these the four kingdoms are now gathered together to try to defeat the tower so the 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 game return to dark tower you have um it's a very simple uh structure as far as what the game does there's an app that syncs to the central tower through bluetooth um i use an ipad but um, there are many other devices you can use including a phone i believe you can use phones um it doesn't require a tablet um you can use lots of different Androids, but you should, if you're going to get into this game, you should verify that your device can run it. Because if you buy the tower, the game, at a cost of secondary market right now, ridiculous prices, um, and don't have <laughs> something to run the app, you're going to end up, you know, Spending potentially du- <laughs> yeah, doubling your cost, which could be a lot. Um, anyway, so uh, Bluetooth connected app. 
um, you your turn basically involves um, doing a banner action, which is different for every single character, than doing um, your mix of heroic actions and reinforce actions. And the heroic actions um, either remove skulls influence from from the evil person's influence from the board uh or fighting a creature on the board or completing a quest that's those are the heroic actions and then the reinforced actions there's four different ones and they vary depending on which building in your area you're at there's four different types of buildings in the game so there's different things you can do at all those different things and so it's really quick your turn is take your banner action move do two of the other types of one of one of each. And then the, the final thing you do is you pick up a skull, a plastic skull, and you drop it into the top of the tower. And these <laughs> skulls stay in the tower, and at various times they may come out. And by the end of the game, every time you drop a skull in the tower, one drops out. There are um, uh, seals that sit on the tower that protect runes behind the tower. And these runes, basically, if they're facing you, they make some of those actions more difficult. Um, that's basically the theme of the game. You complete quests, you try to get the bad guy to come out the tower, and then you fight the bad guy and defeat them. And there are uh, probably eight different potential bad guys you can put in the tower. And each fight is different because there's diff- there's a level two creature, a level three creature, and a level four creature in every fight. And you can pick different ones each time or different combinations of those. And or there's a random button in the app that allows you to pick completely random each time. There's also a, a, a sponsor, I guess I'll call them, a hero that is an NPC essentially that helps the group uh, to try to defeat what's in the tower, and that is also can be random. So if you leave everything else the same, the creature you're trying to draw out of the tower, the big bad, and the three creatures you create, but then you use a different hero a different sponsor the game can be completely different with just that much change yeah how many plays do you have of it now trevor out of curiosity mm-hmm, probably eight. Oh, you do okay yeah so you've seen some sweet variety already then yeah we've i've so the last one we played uh we played i basically went through and said well i haven't played with i went did all the ones i hadn't done and i still have not done all of them but i did all the ones of the level two level three and level four creatures that i had not done so i've now seen all i believe i've seen all of the level two all of the level three and all of the level four creatures i have not seen all of the bosses there are a lot and and um i played a lot of the same ones repeatedly in attempts to to beat them and and i mentioned it earlier just briefly without elaborating but the reason i've not played the competitive version is because i have lost approximately 80 percent of my games or or more <laughs> And the competitive version would be more of a throwback to the original, the yeah. OG, right? Yeah. Yes. The, there's there's a few more mechanics that are added in the competitive, but I've honestly I've never looked at it because um, I've never felt the need to. Because you've been getting your face stomped in. Yeah, know, because it's been extremely difficult. Now I will say from the Facebook group that I'm in that the complaint at one or two players is the game is too easy. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so there's a lot of people complaining about, you know, at lower player counts, how easy the game is. And a lot of them, you know, are clan. They, 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 so there is an expansion, which I have not also not played because I've, I'm not going to throw in extra rules and we can't beat the base game. Um, but apparently the expansion ramps up the difficulty. Well, the four player game is not easy. 
you just get a lot of events and you just don't have enough time. And so you really have to be on your toes to win the four player game, at least in my experience thus far. Mm, okay. So tell us your feelings or opinions on it, Josh. Well, I went right out. I went right out and bought it. <laughs> I mean, not that that that's sort of like when a fat guy recommends food to you a little bit, right? But, <laughs> um, no, I was like really impressed with the the gameplay is uh, pretty slick. You know, it's not overly complicated. The production is gorgeous. I mean, they they it it just looks so cool. And the toy factor with the skulls in the tower. I mean, my nine year old was absolutely hooked from like turn one you know and then the first time that the tower rotated no no the first time that somebody dropped a skull in and it didn't come out like his mind yeah. was just, you're, you're, it was just absolutely blown yeah, so your funny. son was like do we need to turn it or tip it over to get the skull to come out i'm like no 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 it's in there it's like <laughs> yeah and so when is it gonna first come time out it, yeah the first time <laughs> it rotates and multiple skulls fall out like i mean i thought he was gonna lose his ever loving mind it was amazing so that was a ton of fun that experience too but but yeah i was uh the the difficulty ramp on it it did surprise me i felt like i was just like oh okay we are we are now getting our fa our face kicked in like yeah the fu the funny thing is is like the so it it breaks it down into months and the first month is one player turn each so you in a four player game each person gets one turn and then on the the fifth turn so it'd be the the person who started on their second turn you go into month two and as starting with month two uh events start happening and between each player's turn there are events and those events they start ramping up quickly and by by month three um you have some really bad things happening and by month four the game could be over um the game will go to month six if you can hang on that long um but yeah, it, it gets the difficulty ramps up quickly. You really have to be like the four turns you get without events. Um, my first couple of games, I played those kind of lackadaisical, and that was a mistake. Like those, <laughs> those, those turns are just a really you got to capitalize on those. Those are a calm before the storm, and you better be boarding up the windows because you're going to yeah. be in trouble. Interesting. Um, so. One of the interesting things that happened during the the con is that I every time I would finish a game of this, there would be like four people standing around going, "Can we try that?" Mm -hmm. And and because um because I'm protective of my own stuff, um and because I'm handing them an $800 iPad, um I didn't I didn't play without anybody else. I, I always I was always part of those games, um and and I think they appreciated that because they they wanted me to teach them. They also Right. probably equally did not feel comfortable taking just my just being iPad. handed yeah 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 sure. yeah so which was fine so i ended up playing the game at icon uh five times i think mm -hmm. so and, and and go ahead i was just gonna say there there was a similar reaction from every single group and keep in mind that most of them lost but all of them were enthralled they just the the story that it told the um the tower was just this impending thing on the middle of the table that they were all just mesmerized by. And every time it would do something, every time it would turn, every time it would spit out skulls, everyone was just <laughs> waiting in with bated breath. And the best part of all of it is that the tower doesn't necessarily do all that much. It really doesn't. It All it does is you drop skulls in and it, it tells the app to move on to the next player's turn. And then every once in a while it'll spin and it just, it randomly drops these skulls out. 
and the you're app. saying that the app is doing most of the work or whatever well but the truth is is the app is not doing too much either the, it has a good balance of player interaction at the table app taking away all of the board the bookkeeping and the tower doing very little but enough to keep you engaged with it i've played a lot of games that involve apps where the app takes over or does too much and you feel like you're playing an ipad game rather mm-hmm. than a game yeah this, yeah this game does not do that um i've also seen gimmicks in games that don't feel and this is gimmicky don't get me wrong at the end of the day it is pretty gimmicky um you're paying a lot of money for that tower that all it does is spin and drop skulls out but thematically it just all works it's all the right balance it does a great job of integrating all three of those to make a really fun experience um my daughter who as she's gotten older has been less and less interested in board games um she she'll join in a game of this where she wouldn't join into a game of of like arc nova if we were to throw it out on the yeah right that'll be i'll be interested to see if my because my 14 year old is a little unpredictable but Certain games she'll she'll engage in, you know what I mean? So I think I think this is one she will engage in. Yeah, I think I mean it just has enough of a, a toy factor, and and the turns aren't necessarily overly long or complicated. I think that's the other thing that I felt like made it flow so well, right? Yeah, as I mentioned, your turn is very simple. Do your banner action, move, and you can intermix the move and then do two other actions, and they're they're quite simple, really. For the most part, some of them, the most complex action is either the um, if there's a dungeon on the board, a dungeon action or a fight. Those are the two most complex actions in the entire game, and they take the longest. But truthfully, once you've played it a few times, those can go fairly quickly as well. Um, so, yeah, it just flows really well. It moves quickly. The 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 one thing that has always blown my mind the expression i see on people's faces the most that just really amazes me is every once in a while the tower will um just build up a pocket of skulls i i've seen so when the when the skulls fall out they come out into one of the four kingdoms and that kingdom has to put them on their buildings and if a building ever gets four skulls on it it's destroyed so the most you can have in any kingdom is uh 12 skulls and if you if a 13th skull comes out a uh, building's destroyed on two different occasions i've seen six to eight skulls come out at one time on one <clears throat> location and and the, the the like the the look of panic the horror on, the horror <laughs> that you see on people's faces when that happens it makes the game worth it like it is so amazing to see people just like panic when when six skulls drop out of the tower straight into their into their area. That is hilarious. And this is they, there's no plans on this coming out through retail. Is that correct? Um, so I don't think so. And the problem being is the tower is just really expensive to build, and um, so they they're afraid that if they send it out through distribution that the um, that they're, the amount that it's going to get marked up is going to be to the point where no one will buy it off the shelf. And, and, and they so how, how does they one buy it now? Um, secondary markets. So big, big, there's, a, there's become quite a bit of um, retailers who have specialized in Kickstarters. Mm-hmm. The, the Game Steward is a good example. All they do is they buy Kickstarters and resell them. So that is one location where I'm guessing that's where Josh got it. Um, there are a few others similar to that. But I'll admit nothing. 
I, w- I will tell you, be careful because some of these are a little bit fly by night and oh, some geez. of them have folded up shop because anytime you're buying Kickstarter games where you don't know what the outcome is going to be yeah. and you're trying to turn a profit on that, you end up with, you know, you might end up with 10 games on your shelf that are never, ever, ever going to sell. And so just be careful buying from these secondary markets because um, I know several people who bought from a secondary market uh that that market between the time they bought after the kickstarter closed but before the kickstarter delivered they bought from a secondary market and before the kickstarter delivered that secondary market closed their doors and the person's money was just gone jeez so um so beyond that i will say that dark tower is coming back to kickstarter this summer they are selling a an expansion and I'm, I guarantee you that they will sell the original game on Kickstarter this summer because um, for them, it's a much easier to sell guaranteed sales rather than mm-hmm. having a bunch of dark towers that are very expensive to be sitting in some warehouse somewhere. So if you're looking to get into this game and you're willing to be patient, uh, there will be another opportunity. Keep in mind that the Kickstarter this summer doesn't mean they'll be delivering this summer. It just means that that's when you'll pay for it. Um, and then it'll probably deliver, you know, uh, a year to 18 months after that. But I mean, I guarantee you a large portion of the people who are, who back the original will be backing the, at least the expansion portion of that um, Kickstarter. So th- throughout the day, as we were playing this, um, it sort of became kind of like a, the buzz that, uh, you know, nobody beaten it. Um, eventually we did end up beating it. And I will say that the game that we won I feel like the cards aligned in such a way that didn't happen in all the others. It was almost a little bit of luck. I don't want to, I don't want to downplay the win because we did well, but um, sometimes having the right hero for the right requirements helps mm-hmm. a lot. And we just kind of had the right, he- we, we picked ra- That was the game that I just hit random on everything. Interesting. And um, we came up uh and we ended up winning it. The second one that we almost won but lost very late, um, it was a game with um, uh, Todd Flatland and his brother and uh, a friend of theirs and me. And we we were we had just set up everything ready to beat down the boss. And I'd never the the game that we won previously, we'd beaten the boss in one shot. He has five cards you have to beat. We beat all five of them in one shot. So I was not aware of this mechanic. But in a normal game, if you fight the boss, you can beat some of his cards and then back out, and those cards will disappear permanently, making him easier for the next fight. However, if you do that, he teleports. All the bosses in the game, once you fight, fought them once, every time you fight them, they, they teleport to a new location on the board. And we had thrown all of our eggs in the basket, just like trying to shove him into one corner. So all of us were standing on one edge of the board fighting the boss. I Someone attacked him. I think it was me. And then he teleported away. And we were just like, our mind was blown. <laughs> because at that point, he only had like two cards left. And um, then the event came and he destroyed, I think he destroyed a building or something. Anyway, it was the most random thing that happened in a way. He teleported to somebody else's, uh, to Todd Flatland's um, kingdom. area, kingdom, yeah, and then destroyed a building in his kingdom, which gave Todd Flatland another corruption, and, and basically we lost the game. I, I, really random. Like if he'd gone to any other kingdom, it wouldn't, we wouldn't have lost. And we were just like, we thought we had the game 
in hand. We thought we were going to win. And then I'll sure. just at the very end, just snatched it away from us. And I've had sounds a to me like the tower knows Trevor. The tower <laughs> knows. Uh, that was a common theme amongst all the groups I played with. Don't talk about, <laughs> badly about the tower, <laughs> at least not in its presence. Um, respect the tower, you know those sorts of things. There was a lot of superstitions. Yes, yeah. Because every time uh, it started doing the things, tower, amazing. They would just like they were just like you know kind of they just everyone kind of gave it you know a wide berth. Avoid the tower, you know, be nice to the tower. <laughs> uh, that's amazing i love that uh it's an expensive game but if this if it sounds like if you have disposable income and uh it sounds like the type of thing for you i would highly recommend it it was it's been a lot of fun um and i i think that it's a game that i'll probably play another dozen times at least over the next six months uh, maybe more i mean right now my record is awful actually now that i'm thinking about it that's the only game i've won that one game at, at Icon. I have not won another game, and I've played a lot. How many games did you play at Icon then? I'm just realizing of of Dark Tower. I mean, about five. Jeez, that that's like dedication to the craft. Well, I mean, there's there's no way to uh, get Trevor excited for a game more so than for it to like just uh, beat him up left and right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it had, had some more cards in it, then it probably would have been more <laughs> true. Yes, yes, yes. All right, yes. you two. I'm serious. I know we're both of and I have one. <laughs> All right. The other thing that I will say is that um, – oh, you guys made me forget what I was going to – anyway. We, we, it happens. All right. Well, um, I guess uh, let us know what you guys think of, of the games we talked about, and um, stay tuned to the next episode. <laughs> We're out of time. I can't believe we only talked about two games. <laughs> Three. We mentioned the third one. We are way past when I needed to leave. So. Oh, I'm sorry. We are done. Peace out. All right.